We'll jump into things. Father, we thank you so much for what you're doing, Lord. I, I thank you uh, just to hear the stories of, of families coming together this past week over Thanksgiving and, and getting to share what they're thankful for. And, and so, Lord, we just, we just thank you that you are good. Thank you that you're good. And we pray that you would just continue to move uh, in, in homes. You would continue to move in families. Lord, we pray that you would uh, continue to move in people who don't know you, God, in our city, God, in our communities, and around this world. Pray that you would just open up your word to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, today, today I want to talk to you guys about attitude. Attitude. Has anybody in this room, if you were being honest, you'd raise your hand. Has anybody ever had a bad attitude before? All right. Most of us. All right, there's a few liars in here too. We'll, we'll work on that next week. Uh, but yeah, we've all had bad attitudes, haven't we? We've all had bad attitudes. Uh, how about this? How many morning people are out there? Morning people, identify yourselves. All right, you're all smiling. Uh, night owls, if you're awake, could you please raise your hand? All right, we're 50-50 in here, it feels like. Now, how many of you know when you're a morning person and, you know, you're 5, 6 a.m., I don't know, maybe four, 3, 4 a.m., some of you guys, you're just chipper, you know, but, but then it gets to be late at night. I mean, New Year's Eve is rough for you guys, right? Man, at 10 o'clock, I'm staying up to midnight. The bad attitude starts to come out, right, when you got to stay up late. And for you night owls, right, who you're like, time exists before the sun comes out, right? 6 a.m., you wake up and it's probably, you probably got a bad attitude, right? And so we've all experienced bad attitudes at one time or another. I mean, we can't be perfectly happy all the time, right? And it's interesting that, uh, there's lots of things that can put us in a bad mood, right? We've all got those things that, that maybe trigger us. You know, maybe you just wake up and it's cloudy outside. And now all of a sudden you got, you got a bad attitude. Or you don't feel well or you're hurting and you're pain. It's just like, oh, I'm living in constant pain, so I might as well have a bad attitude about it. Uh, maybe you turned on the news and that was just enough to put you into a bad mood right? Uh, Something that's going on at work, or maybe the kids are behaving, or you got some family issues, and it puts you in a bad mood. Uh, Perhaps you waited 15 minutes in line at a drive-thru only to find out that they were out of your favorite food. I mean, come on, just go to a grocery store, people, and make it happen. You know, let's let's do this. And, And so it just puts you into a bad mood. Maybe your team lost a big game right? Has anybody's mood ever been affected because your team lost the game? All the wives are probably nudging their husbands like, yeah, you got to fess up here. You know, it, it happens. You don't get your way and you get put into a bad mood. And sometimes, maybe you can relate here if we can confess a little bit. Sometimes it's, it's kind of fun to be a grouch, right? Anybody ever just feel good? It's like, I'm just going to sit here with my bucket of ice cream and I'm going to watch, you know, read a book or watch the TV and I'm just, I'm just going to be, have a bad attitude. And there's something that just feels rewarding about that for a little while. But the problem is you stay in that way, you just turn into a grump, right? If you just constantly have this bad attitude in your life. And, and really the point is today, we've all had a bad attitude. We, we've all had a time in our life, probably in this last week, some of you maybe even this morning, if you really thought about it, where you had a bad attitude. And the reason why we're talking about this today is because attitudes really have a, a profound impact on our lives. Our attitudes determine how much work we can accomplish. Uh, attitudes affect others around us. Uh, if you've ever noticed that 
really a good attitude or a bad attitude can really have a chain reaction on the people around you. You know, you come in with a bad attitude, next, the next person, you know, they change their attitude, they change their attitude. In the same way, the good, good attitudes can be contagious as well. Attitudes affect how far we can go, how, how much work we can accomplish. If we come in thinking, yeah, I can do this, yeah, I can do this, you know, you know, you probably can, but if you come in with a bad attitude thinking this is never going to happen, well, that's probably true. Uh, I like the quote from, from Henry Ford. He says this, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. You know, our, our attitude determines what we can accomplish. Bad attitudes, we're not going to accomplish much. Good attitudes, we could accomplish much more. See, our, our attitudes can have a profound impact on our life. Attitudes are important. So today, uh, I want to look at our attitudes, and more specifically, I want to answer this question, is what controls your attitude? What controls your attitude. So uh, to do that, we're going to look in God's Word, Psalm 138. You can turn there now, Psalm 138. We're going to look at this passage. And again, this is an important question because if our attitudes determine how much we can accomplish, then what determines our attitude? What controls our attitude? Because, you know, you reverse engineer this thing. If you can figure out how to control your attitude, right, and be in a have a good attitude, have a good mindset, a healthy mindset, then you're probably going to be able to accomplish a lot more. But we've got to start by what controls our attitude. Uh, in Psalm 138, David is the writer of this psalm, King David. And uh, if you've never read David's story, you've got to check this guy out. I mean, the Bible says a lot about him. You can find his story back in, in 1 Samuel and uh, running on in there. You just start reading there. And you can, you can see a lot about uh, David. Now, David, uh, I love his story because uh, David is, the first part of his life, he's an underdog. I mean, he, he's overlooked. He, nobody really notices him. He starts out as a shepherd. He's the youngest boy of the family. He's kind of an afterthought. Uh, but one day, God, you know, God notices him. He notices him from the beginning. And, he, and God tells Samuel, his prophet, to anoint him as king. Now, that's probably one of the high points in his life. But if you look at his whole life, he had a lot of reasons to have a bad attitude. I mean, here's a guy who, again, he was overlooked. He was the youngest. Uh, he had to be a shepherd while all of his brothers get to go out into to battle. Uh, he got overlooked. Uh, even when he wanted to go out to battle, nobody believed in him. Uh, in fact, at one point, the king of Israel wanted him dead. Can you imagine if the most powerful person in your country wanted you specifically dead and hired his whole army to go out and chase you? That's a bad day, right? That's a rough time. But, but that's what he did. And so he's, David is out there hiding in the caves, hiding from a madman a mad and his entire army. And, and he's been wronged. He's been accused unjustly so many times in his life. Yet he writes this psalm. Psalm 138 says this. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart before the gods I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. On the day I called you answered me, my strength of soul you increased. All the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth. And they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. 
Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Father, we thank you for your word today. God, again, allow this to change us. Uh, may we hear from you today in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to give you three things from this passage that uh, do not control your attitude. And the first one that we see in here is culture. Culture does not determine your attitude. He, he says in, in verse 1, I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart before the gods I sing your praise. Now that one, that verse seems a little bit funny to me because he talks about singing God's praise before the gods. Now notice this is a small g here, right? This isn't a, a capital G, this is a small g God. So what, what is he saying? Is he saying he goes and, and uh, in front of all these idols, he lifts up the, the name of God? You know, what does it mean? You know, oftentimes as the king, David would be around, you know, many other powerful people or dignitaries uh, who served different gods than he did, who, who served, you know, uh, false gods who served idols or people that he would go and visit as well. And, and when David was around these people, when he was around other cultures, it didn't change the way that he praised God. Right? He didn't allow cultures, he didn't allow the influence of other cultures to change the way he praised. It didn't allow him to affect his attitude. Right? He praised God even in the midst of other gods. See, I believe the, the meaning here is that even if everyone else around me is serving other gods, and even if the, the social norms around me uh, isn't to serve God, that we need to continue to give God praise, even in the midst of other gods. You know, you look around in, in our society today, I would say the cultural norm isn't to worship Jesus. Right? There, there's pressure on, no, you just need to blend in. You know, you just need to, to serve these, these other gods. We maybe don't label them that way, but culture is constantly trying to get us to serve their gods instead of the one true God, right? Maybe it's the God of money or the God of status or, uh, you know, the, the God of the higher up, you know, the, the more power that you get, you know, the God of, of power. But we, as followers of Jesus, we cannot allow culture to dictate our praise. We cannot allow culture to dictate our attitude. You know, last week we looked at the story uh, of the dinner party that Jesus had at the Pharisee's house, and this sinful woman walks in uh, to the story. And, and, you know, it was culturally unacceptable for her to worship Jesus the way she did. You know, she's, she's crying, washing his feet, using her hair to dry his feet, you know, pouring oil, you know, all these different things. It was, it was just kind of taboo. It didn't make sense. But yet she did not allow the culture of that day to dictate her praise. She didn't allow the culture of that day to dictate her attitude. She rose above it all. But think about that. How often have we allowed culture to influence us? How often have we allowed culture to dictate our, our attitude? So again, culture has so many gods that, that want to distract us, that, that want to uh, get our attention. I mean, you turn on the TV, and literally every commercial, every ad is trying to, you know, hijack your attention. They are trying to hijack your priorities and tell you, hey, this thing over here, it's more important. 
It should be more important in your life. You need to push this thing up on your list. You know, we, it's, it's constantly telling us that. Uh, it's funny when you, you hear those uh, commercials for medications, right? You know what I'm talking about? And they, they try to tell you, you know, you need this medication. It's going to make your life better. You know, you're going to feel great. You're going to look good. It's going to take care of these problems. Then at the end, you know, they always have those warning labels, right? And they talk really fast and, and, and they tell you, you know, taking this product may cause headaches and swelling, bleeding, dizziness, diarrhea, cancer, and in rare instances, death. Like, oh, yeah, I think I'm good. You know, I think I'll just live the way I've been living. You know, this isn't, this isn't very good. But, you know, they should probably have those warning labels on every commercial. Right? Because every commercial is trying to tell us, hey, this thing's a higher priority than, you know, than God. This, this thing should take more of your time up. I mean, imagine if they had that, uh, you know, a commercial comes on, hey, you need the latest phone, you know, because you're going to be cool. You know, it's going to solve all of your problems. You're going to be able to take the best pictures of your food that you've ever taken before and post them on social media. Like, you need this phone. So it tells you, they give you your spiel. Uh, but then at the end, they should probably have a warning label. They, you know, they, they say warning. You know, this, this product may take up excessive amounts of your time. Instead of spending time with God, your family, and people in general, you may become locked into an endless cycle of scrolling through social media, watching videos, and playing mindless games. This will cause irritability, lack of social connection, loss of communication skills, a diminished relationship with God, which could lead to death. You know, wouldn't that be nice if they just put that on there, a little warning label of, if you give in to this ad, here's what, what might happen. Now, that, that doesn't really happen today, but I think it's something we got to start to think about. Is, is, is this trying to steal my praise? Is this trying to, to steal my attitude? Like, am I going to be unhappy because I'm supposed to have this thing? You know, I, I need this. It's like Christmas morning, the, the kid walks out there and they don't get the present that they want. Bad attitude, right? Now, they got more than they deserved, but yet they have a bad, bad attitude because they didn't get what they want. And culture is constantly telling you, you deserve this. You need this. If you want to be happy, this is where happiness comes from. And then when we don't get those things, we have a bad attitude. In fact, when we do get those things, we have a bad attitude because it's not actually what we need. Now, I, I love how David identifies and he calls us out. He says, I know that you other gods want my attention, but I'm going to continue to serve the one true God. I, I'm going to continue to praise my God. Verses 2 through 3 show us David's focus. It, again, it says, I bow down towards your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. On the day I called, you answered me. My strength of soul you increased. See, instead of focusing on culture, David focuses on God's unfailing love his faithfulness, his fame, his exalted name, and his word. He remembers the time when God has heard him, when God has answered his prayers. And, and so he looks back and he realizes, no, my God is worthy. He's greater. See, our attitude does not have to be controlled by culture because God is the only one worthy of our worship. God is the only one worthy of our worship. David chose to worship God because of who God was. He chose to worship God because of his love and faithfulness, right? He could have given into the temptation like, I don't know if I feel like worshiping God today. It could be awkward. What are they going to think of me? You know, ah, maybe I should just blend in. 
Culture constantly wants us to blend in. But David says, no, my God's too great. I can't blend in. I got to stand out. I got to lift up God's name. I'm not going to, you know, become like the people around me. I'm going to be who God called me to be. Because we serve a loving God. A God who loves us on our best days and on our worst days. A God who's with us through thick and through, through thin. And he cares about us personally. We serve a faithful God who is worthy of all of our praise. Who's worthy of a good attitude no matter what's happening around us. No matter what's happening in culture. God is worthy of our praise. David understood that concept. Now the second thing that does not determine your attitude is this. People. People do not determine your attitude. Uh, in verses 4 through 6, we, we see uh, David mentioned several people who could definitely determine his attitude. There was everybody from kings to the lowly among us. And David, I mean, he's been around a lot of people in his life, a lot of different types of people. David had seven brothers and at least two sisters, right? Anybody come from a family of 10 in here? All right, a few of you. How many of you know... Let me just say this. How many of you know that your siblings are probably the people who can put you in a bad attitude the fastest? Right? They know where all of your buttons are. You know, because they've been practicing for years trying to figure out exactly how they can get in and put you in a bad attitude. Your siblings, they, they know that. Now, on the same time, they don't often use this, but they also know how they can put you in a good attitude. They just choose not to. Right? And, and, and so they can really help determine... Your attitude. People can really change how you're feeling that day. So David, he had seven brothers and at least two sisters. Uh, we know that David, he hung around probably other shepherds because he was a shepherd himself. Uh, he hung around the battlefield even though he wasn't old enough. He spent time in the courts of kings. Uh, he spent time living in caves and on the run. I mean, he's been associated with a lot of different people. He's been the king himself. And, you know, we're really good at allowing people to determine our attitude and, and allowing that to happen. Uh, you know, David could have done that. He had a father who overlooked him. You know, he could have thought, Dad, you don't believe in me. You know, I'm going to have a bad attitude about it. He had brothers who gave him a hard time. You know, get out of here, David. You're not supposed to be around the battle. You know, go back home. Go tend to the sheep. Could have given him a bad attitude, right? He had a giant warrior named Goliath mock him. I mean, he could have mocked anybody else, but he mocked David because David was brave enough to stand in front of him. And he mocked his God. That could have put David in a bad attitude. Uh, he had a king, again, who was jealous of him. Uh, that could have given him a bad attitude of just like, why do I don't deserve this? I'm going to move to a different country. He had a nation who praised him. Now, this could have changed his attitude too, uh, positively or negatively. He had a son who betrayed him. Oh, he had a son turned his back on him, who tried to take the kingdom from him. That'd give people a bad attitude. He had people who disowned him. See, people can control our attitudes. And again, it's a chain reaction, like I mentioned earlier. I, I came across this story. I, I thought it was, it was quite appropriate. It said, one day, Mr. Jones got out of bed, happy and ready to greet the day. On his way to work, he was listening to music in his car, enjoying the ride to work, when he was stopped by a patrol officer who gave him a ticket for speeding. He arrived at work angry and scowling because of the ticket. As he began to review yesterday's reports, he sees that a big sale has been lost. He summoned the salesperson who, who asked what happened and, and asked him what happened. The salesperson said that he had done everything possible but could not change the customer's mind. 
Mr. Jones told the salesperson that he would make that sale up or he would find someone who would make sure that the job got done right. right? Some harsh words for his salesperson. Salesperson left out of Mr. Jones' office angry and told the assistant to get him appointments with all the prospects ASAP, telling her not to be slow about it and that if she couldn't do it, that he would find somebody who could. Well, then the assistant angrily went to the receptionist and said, call these prospects and get appointments set up for them. You don't do anything all day anyways. Whoo, got some harsh words going here. This made the receptionist angry. And when she went home, her son was in the middle of the floor with his toys everywhere, and she yelled at him to get the toys picked up off the floor and get ready for dinner. The little boy was angry, and in his journey to the bedroom, the cat passed in front of him, and he angrily kicked it. And he started off in a good mood, right? But our attitudes, our attitudes can have a chain reaction, right? The receptionist wasn't angry that day, but because so-and-so had a bad attitude and -and so-and-so had a bad attitude, you know, and it passed along. And they picked it up. People can put us into bad attitudes. We allow them to control us. And at the same time, you know, not only do we allow people to control our attitudes. But again, I think praise and our attitude go hand in hand. Uh, People can really change our praise too. I've noticed this difference in in several different ways. I've found that in the front row, when you can't see anybody behind you, it's just you and God. It's just you and God. You can can worship, you don't have to worry about it. But the farther back you get, the more you kind of like look around and see like, okay, how are they praising? You know, all right, their hands are about here. All right, we're not going to go any higher today. You know, we just, we kind of adapt to to the people around us and we allow people to affect our praise. Uh, You know, for... For many years, we, we got to take students to youth conference, to, to camp, and it'd be amazing. You know, maybe you guys still see this true today, but, you know, at, at camp, the people would be pressing in because everybody was saying, hey, we're going after Jesus. Hands lifted high, we're at the altars, and then it was amazing. You see these kids just like, oh man, God did so, so, so many things, this is awesome. And you get back to Sunday morning, and they're standing next to their parents like, like, What happened? You know, what changed? But isn't that true of all of us? You know, if we're in the right situation, then we'll praise Jesus. But if we're around the wrong people, this could be embarrassing. And we allow people to determine our attitude. We allow people to determine our praise. Verse 4, it said that all the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord. For they have heard the words of your mouth, and they shall sing of the ways of the Lord. For great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. So I'd say this, our attitude does not have to be controlled by people. Because one day, every knee will bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. See, we can can walk around like, I don't know, what are they going to think about me? It doesn't matter, one day, every knee is going to bow. Every tongue's going to confess. I think, you know, David in here, he wrote prophetically, hey, kings, they're going to be bowing down to worship you. Are they doing that now? No. But one day, one day they will. And, and one day they're going to look over at me like, oh, you were right. You know, you were praising the right God. Yeah, and, and now we see. So, so let's keep that day in mind. Let's, let's keep that day in mind that, that Jesus is going to conquer all, that Jesus is, is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. 
Let's not deny him now. Let's worship him. Let's lift up his holy name because he's worthy. And what's really cool is in this passage, again, while uh, we, we shouldn't allow people's bad attitudes to determine ours, I think one thing we can do is we can allow our good attitude to change others. You know, and, and that's what it, it, it said in that passage is, uh, you know, that all the kings shall give you thanks, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth. Like all these different things. We can have an effect even on kings, even on the lowly, top to bottom. We can affect people around us when we come in with a good attitude, right? When we determine, hey, I'm going to be the thermostat in this room rather than the thermometer. I'm not going to just go up and down based on what everybody else is doing. I'm going to set the tone. I'm going to set the mood. I'm going to set the tone for praise today when I come into service, right? I'm going to set the tone for praise in my family. I'm going to set the tone for the attitude in my workplace. I'm going to set the tone for the attitude in my house. I'm going to choose to have a good attitude. Because we can have an effect on the people around us. We can pray for the people around us. We can pray for our, our friends when they're going through a rough spot. We can pray for our families. We can be positive. We can have a smile on our face. And I believe that that can make a big change in the lives of people around us. Third thing that does not control your attitude is this. Circumstances. Circumstances do not control your attitude. Now we don't know when or where David wrote this psalm. But again, we know that he's been through some pretty rough spots in his life. He's been in some difficult situations, but yet he chose to continue to praise God and to keep a positive attitude. Uh, no matter uh, what came David's way, whether he was being chased by an army or he was watching a bunch of sheep or he was sitting on a throne, he made a commitment to God to say, God, I'm going to praise you. God, I'm going to have a good attitude even if the world around me seems to be crumbling. Even if I've got a madman chasing me with his entire army. And, and we so easily allow circumstances to control our attitude. I mean, we do. It's just human nature. Things go wrong and, and we just play the, the blame game. Right? If I were to ask you, hey, why did you have a bad attitude, you know, fill in the blank this week? Why did you have a bad attitude? Well, you know. All the, the hot water heater was, was out, you know. I had to take a cold shower. You know, uh, uh, this happened at work. You know, this, this happened. Uh, you know, somebody was mean to me or uh, this broke. You know, I had to go fix it and all of this. And, and so if you were to ask a bad attitude, at the end of the day, we all would have a reason. Well, because of this, you know, because of that person, because of, because of this thing. But David wrote, though I walk in the midst of trouble. See, he's not writing from everything's great and hunky-dory right now. No, he says, hey, I'm, I'm in the midst of trouble right now. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. See, what David understood is that his circumstances, even though he was in the midst of it, he was in the midst of the fight, that God was still with him. He was still with him. And, and he couldn't allow his circumstances to determine his praise. He couldn't allow his circumstances to determine his attitude. So our attitude does not have to be controlled by circumstances because God is with us in the midst of our troubles. He's with us. He hasn't left us. He hasn't forsaken us. We, we serve a God who's bigger than circumstance. He's bigger than our circumstances. The worst thing around us, God is with us through it all. 
And because he rescues us and because he has rescued us, we have the choice to determine our attitude. We can choose to be happy when things go bad because we can look at what God's done in our lives. We can look back and say, yeah, but I remember when. I was in this situation before, but God saved me. God changed me. And I believe if he's done it before, he can do it again. And that he will do it again. And that he will stay true to his promises. So we can focus on what we have to go through or we can focus on the one who's going to be with us through it all. It's our decision. It's our decision. So if culture and people and circumstances don't control your attitude, then what does? Rather, who does? And uh, we, we find the answer to that is this. You control your attitude. You control your attitude. If I could have the worship team come. See, our attitude in our worship, it's a choice. It's a choice that we make every day. Am I going to praise God today or not? Am I going to have a good attitude today or am I not? Right? Who, uh, who is going to determine? Am I going to allow circumstances and people and culture to determine my attitude? Or am I going to allow myself to say, you know what? God is still in control. God is still worthy of my worship, right? God is the only one in charge, right? God has been faithful to me. He's with me through it every time. You know, every time you wake up, you have a choice. Every time you wake up, you, you're faced with a choice. Am I going to have a good attitude today or a bad attitude? Am I going to praise God or am I not going to praise God? You have a choice. Every time a person wrongs you or speaks words over you that are not life-giving, you have a choice of how you respond. You can allow that to affect you. You can allow that to give you a negative attitude. Or you can say, you know what? I'm going to choose to believe what God has to say about me. I'm going to choose to believe that I'm a child of God. Right? I'm going to choose to believe that I have a purpose, that God has a plan for me, that he loves me, that he cares for me. We have a choice. You have a choice every time you come into this place to worship God. Are you going to give it a little bit of effort just kind of blending? Or are you going to say, you know what? I, I don't care what anybody else around me is doing. I, I'm leading, right? I, I'm going for it. I'm going to worship God with all that I have because he's worthy. Every time life throws something at you that you don't deserve, you have a choice, right? When that unexpected bill comes in, you have a choice. You can have a bad attitude about it. You can say, you know what? God, you're still in control. God, I'm going to trust you. God, I'm going to have a good attitude even though I'm in the midst of the storm. Our attitude and our worship are not determined by people, by circumstances. They're determined by ourselves. What are we going to choose? I was reminded of this personally this week. Uh, I was just driving, driving into work, and, and uh, I wasn't really thinking, but I was having a bad attitude. In hindsight, I was looking at it, you know. Like, well, I'm not feeling that great today. Vikings lost, you know. It's a shame. Um, the the to-do list is a lot longer than I know that I have hours in the day for. You know, it's just it's having a bad attitude. It's having a pity party. It's feeling bad for myself. And, in, and then I had like this three-second interaction. I was driving one way. Some guy was driving towards me the other way, right? And I looked at him, and I noticed a few things. He was the only one in the vehicle, you know? And he just had, like, the biggest smile on his face. 
And it was annoying. Right? Can I be honest for a second? It was just like, my, my head's thinking like, why are you so happy? You know, why? Like, you, no one's there. You don't have to impress anybody, bud. Like, why do you have this giant smile? Like, you listen to a podcast or something? Somebody just say funny? Did your favorite song just come on the radio? But it's just the biggest smile. You know, it's just like. And we drove by each other again. Three seconds, probably saw each other. And it made me stop and think, like, wait a minute. What am I doing? Here I am judging somebody for being happy, and here I'm just being a grump for no good reason. But don't, don't, don't I serve the Most High God? Right? Don't I have every reason to be happy today? Like, I don't know what that guy's status was on his relationship with Jesus. I don't know if he, he even knew Jesus. But here he is choosing to have a good attitude all by himself. And it changed me that day. And I thought, God, man, I'm blessed. Don't let me take that for granted. We're in charge of our attitude. You know, I've been so encouraged by people in this church. I mean, you walk around on a Sunday, you, you've probably experienced this before, and, and you go up to somebody and say, hey, how you doing? And it's just amazing, some of the answers that you get. You know, some of it's just like, oh, excellent, amazing, doing great. How are you doing? Better than I deserve. You know, and you, you hear these comments, and it's just like, wait a minute. I know what kind of week you had. I know what you've been battling. And yet you choose through all of that to say, no, God's good. I'm doing better than I deserve. May we have that kind of attitude. That we remember what's most important. That we remember who's in control. That circumstances, people, culture, they're not in control. They are if we allow them to. But God's in control. And even when everything else changes, our God is constant. Our God remains. And so while the kingdom of earth may be having a bad day, the kingdom of heaven's having a great day. Right? The, the culture in heaven hasn't changed. And, and so we can choose, you know what? We're, we're living for the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And it's always a good day there. It never changes. Our God's always in control. There's never any, any downs there. And we can choose to say, I'm I'm going to have a good day today. I'm going to have a good attitude today. You know, it's interesting. At the end of verse 8, David says these words. Do not forsake the work of your hands. God, do not forsake the work of your hands. What's he talking about here? The work of his hands. We are the work of God's hands. Right? David was talking about himself. He says, God, don't forsake me. Don't abandon me. Don't, don't let me go. You see, David, we, we said a lot of great things about him, but he had a lot of lows in his life. He made a lot of mistakes. He messed up. And so he's saying, God, don't forsake me. I know, I'm, I, know I didn't deserve your love. I, I know I don't deserve your attention. But Lord, I'm just saying, would you just keep your eyes on me? God, would you, would you love me even, even in those times where I, I failed you? says, God, don't forsake me. And what's interesting is that many years later, Jesus, the Son of God, right, he comes into the scene. You know, Christmas, that's what it's all about. That Jesus humbled himself and became human. 
was born as a baby. And he came and he lived a perfect life. But yet he was put on a cross. Not because he was guilty, but because we were. And Mark 15, 34 says this, And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We were the ones who should have been forsaken. We're the ones who aren't worthy. But yet Jesus came, and he died. And he was forsaken. He was abandoned. So that we wouldn't have to be. So that we wouldn't be forsaken. You know, we know Jesus says, hey, surely I'm going to be with you always. Even into the end of this age. I'm going to be there. I'm not going to give up on you. We may give up on him. But he's not going to give up on us. So today, we're faced with a choice. Are we going to allow the worries of this world to get us down? Are we going to allow the circumstances? Are we going to allow people to determine our attitudes? Are we going to allow people to affect our praise? Are we going to allow the culture to dictate how we live our lives for Jesus? Or are we going to follow the culture of the kingdom of heaven? Right? Are we going to allow God's word to determine our praise and our attitude? Right? Are we going to allow the circumstances that, that we were dead, but now we are alive, so every day we can, we can come into it with a positive attitude even when everything else is failing because God is in control, because God is constant. Each of us have a choice. Every morning we have a choice. Am I going to have a good attitude today? Am I going to have a bad attitude today? Am I going to praise Jesus today or I'm going to stay silent today? We have a decision to make. It's our choice and no one else's. Would you stand with me? I want to close today just by, we're, we're going to be singing the song, Goodness of God. You know, even when everything else is going wrong, God is still good. God is still constant. God is, God is still there for us. So are we going to choose like David to say, God, I'm going to give you thanks with my whole heart. Not, not just part of our hearts, not just a little bit, but God, I'm going to give you thanks with everything that I've got. I'm going to sing your praise. I'm going to, I'm going to bow down. I'm going to give you thanks because your steadfast love and your faithfulness, because you are exalted. God, I'm going to lift up your name and your word. I'm going to make you famous because I remember that there was a day when I called on your name and God, you answered me. You, you heard me. You didn't forsake me, but you, you love me. God, I, I'm looking forward to the day when every knee will bow and every tongue confess. And so rather than waiting for that day, I'm going to start today. Right? I'm going to lift up the name of God. I'm not going to be ashamed whether I'm standing next to kings or whether I'm standing next to the lowly. God, I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to lift up your name. Even though that I walk through the midst of trouble, God, I'm going to remember the times that you were faithful. I'm going to trust that you're going to do it again. You determine your praise today. You determine your attitude today. But we can determine to have a good one because God is in control. God is with us. God's with us. Jesus, I, I just pray today that God forgive us. Forgive us for the times we've we've chosen to have a bad attitude. We've chosen 
to forget about how great your grace is. That we've chosen to allow people to change us for the worse. That we've allowed culture to stifle the voice you've given us. Lord, forgive us for the times. And Lord, I I pray today that we would choose, that we would make a declaration, that we would make a statement. God, that you are in control of our attitude. That we're going to lift you up, that we're going to give you everything we've got. We're not going to hold back because God, you are worthy. We remember. God, we thank you for all the times that we failed you, but you haven't failed us. That you never gave up on us. God, that you came through in our darkest moments. God, that you were there for us. Lord, we're we're thankful. We're grateful. May we never forget your goodness and all you've done for us. So Lord, we lift up your name today. God, if there's anyone in this place who doesn't know you, who's running from you, God, today, I pray today would be the day that they would humble themselves and just say, God, I need you. I'm done running. God, I want to be part of your kingdom. Thank you for dying on the cross for us, Lord. Thank you that you rose again. There's no one like you. So we lift up your name. We remember today your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing this together. Sing all my life. In all my life, you have been faithful. In all my life, you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness.
you're good. You're good. We can't say it enough how good you are. So Lord, we choose to recognize your goodness over the wickedness of this world. We choose to recognize your goodness, the words that you speak over us, rather than the words this world speaks over us. We choose to live for your culture rather than this world's culture. May we rise above it all. Change our attitude, God. Challenge us. That we would set the temperature of the room we walked into. Because every day is a good day in the kingdom of God. So we thank you and we praise you, Lord. We trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, be blessed. Have an incredible week. If you want to spend some time at this altar, I encourage you to do so. Have a great attitude, and may you continue to bring praise everywhere you go. Lift up the name of Jesus.